Welcome to the Grant Writing and Funding Podcast, where it's all about, you guessed it, grant writing and funding made easy so you can increase capacity, grow funding, and advance your nonprofit or freelance mission. Now, let's hand it over to your host, grants expert and author Holly Rustic, so you can increase your funding and drive impact. Hello, 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 it's Holly Rustic here with Grant Writing and Funding, and welcome to the Grant Writing and Funding Podcast, where every single week I help you grow capacity, increase funding, and to advance the mission of your nonprofit or your freelance grant writing business. All right, so let's get down to it. It's August, and my daughter and I just got back from a long month away in the States. Really, really fun. We went to Florida and to New York City. We got to see Sean Kosofsky out there, the nonprofit fixer. We saw Mandy Pierce from Funding for Good and also our co-creator for the Nonprofit Consulting Conference. So much fun. Uh, We were definitely there. My daughter had a dance competition and she actually won a lot of awards. So that was, it was really fun to see her perform and just get out there and do some great things. We also had a family reunion and I got to meet up with a bunch of friends I haven't seen in years. So it was definitely wonderful. And the next time I am out there, I am definitely going to be giving some meetups as well for people in the mentorship and in the academy. So do watch that because I would love to have a a live meetup with all of us. All right, so it is early August and here in Guam, my daughter actually starts school now. So it already feels like fall to me. I'm originally from Michigan. So we started school after Labor Day in September. So this always feels so odd to me that she goes back so early. It still feels like summer, but then like because school starts, then it's automatically fall to me. So anyways, it's a little bit strange, but it's back to work and I'm loving it, feeling refreshed. I had a lot of fun and I have a great episode for you today and it's about grant research and what you may be doing wrong. All right, so we're going to go ahead and, and give you some steps on how to do grant research correctly because it's probably the reason you're not getting as many grants secured as possible because you're not doing the grant research correctly. It's like a foundation, all right, you guys? And you've got to lay the foundation and it starts with grant research. So we are going to dive into that today keep the episode pretty short just so we can get back to down to business. But I also wanted to mention, I haven't done one of these in a while, so I wanted to read our podcast uh, review. So somebody left a review. This is from 206 and 804. And they said, Holly brings exactly the right mix of energy and expertise to this field, which can sometimes lose sight of the motivations that inspire us to write and win grants to support amazing missions worldwide. So thank you so much. Her review topic or her title was this is how grant writing culture should be. So thank you so much for that five-star review, 206 and 804. I totally appreciate it. That's awesome. Speaking of that, we have over 100 reviews and ratings on iTunes for the podcast. If you love the podcast, please do me a favor and leave a review there. It really does help generate more algorithms and all that fun stuff so people find the podcast more. And I love reading the reviews. I love hearing what you guys think about the podcast and what you're saying and all of, and bringing your, also just like your your notes to the table. Like, I love it. So I'm definitely excited about that. And um, I also wanted to mention real quick before we start, just a super shout out to our sponsor of the podcast this week, and that is GEMS Grant Easy Management Software. And they have 
an amazing program, GEMS software. So if you are writing multiple grants, you need to get this software. It is amazing. You will never miss a deadline again for a grant opportunity. You won't wake up in the middle of the night sweating going, oh my gosh, did I send it in? What happened? Did I miss it already? Oh my gosh, is it due in two weeks? I forgot about that from last year. Now it's open again, right? Because this software is so smart, it keeps all of even your conversations that you had with the grant program officers in the past, their phone numbers, their contact information, their names, what you've submitted in the past. You By a hit of a button, you can see what your grant success rate is, like as far as how many grants you've submitted for an organization, how many have been approved, how many are pending, etc. This is amazing and it just brings up your professionalism to a very high notch when you have these types of resources that can spit out a report like that in a second. That's beautiful. <laughs> so yes, amazing. So definitely check out grantwritingandfunding.com forward slash G-E-M-S, that's GEMS, to go ahead and dive into a demo with Rachel Waterman and her team over at GEMS. And make sure you grab your ticket to the Nonprofit Consulting Conference. GEMS is also a sponsor for the Nonprofit Consulting Conference. So super excited to have them on board and just really elevating the grant writing space. That is happening. The Nonprofit Consulting Conference is happening just in a couple of weeks, August 23rd and 24th. You'll definitely want to grab your ticket to this two-day virtual event if you are a freelance grant writer or you're thinking about becoming one because we have amazing sessions about how to price, how to do value-based pricing, how to write a contract so you don't, you know, so you don't like, oh my gosh, I don't totally sign something and now all of a sudden I'm giving away all my time because I wasn't clear about my services. We'll be talking about that. We'll even be talking about higher level things like how to develop a lead generator, how to develop passive income, and so much more. So for the link to grab your ticket, just go ahead to the show notes today, grantwritingandfunding.com forward slash 285, and you can definitely grab the, that ticket before we kick off in just a couple of weeks. All right, so let's go ahead and get into our episode today. Really excited to talk about this, and we're going to really think about you as a freelance grant writer as well. Put that hat on. Remember, our spicy belief is that every single grant writer, even if you work in a nonprofit, you have a full-time job, you should open a side business, even if it's just the paperwork done. Why? Because it's just going to give you that confidence and that you're just going to be more comfortable in case anything ever happens. Things happen at nonprofits, you guys, right? Layoffs happen. We saw what happened in COVID. You want to have something in your back pocket. So when someone approaches you to say, hey, can you help me write a grant? Because they will, because you're a grant writer. You can take on an extra client or two on the side if you choose to. All right. And you can just set something up so you have choices. So saying all that, having grant research as a service, not just grant writing, listen, just the grant research can be a service you offer. And even if you're working inside a nonprofit as a grant writer, I want you to think about grant research as something separate than grant writing. We're gonna talk about that today. And this could be the reason why you're not getting grants if you're not doing these things, okay? So let's look at what might you be doing wrong, all right? Let's mix it up here. Number one, you aren't thinking about grant research as a relationship building experience. 
I'm going to say that again. You are not thinking about grant research as a relationship building experience. You're just like, I got to buy some grants, got to spend some money, blah, 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 right? <laughs> okay. We want to think about grant research as a relationship building experience. And what I mean by this is it's not, I want you to think, Take your hat off about the dollar signs, right? Those anime eyes that are ding, 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 seeing the dollars. I want you to take those off for a minute or two. And I want you to think about who does my nonprofit, right? Who do we want to connect with? So if you're a consultant, what are my clients? What do they really want to resonate? You know, what other uh, organizations out there that they can build partnerships that they'll resonate that will build up the mission of their organization? Not necessarily who's going to give them money. That's going to be important as well. But first, I want you to think about in a very meaningful way, first off, right? Who do we really want to partner with? Whose mission aligns with our mission, you know, or your client's mission, right? Really come from that perspective and it's going to change a lot for you. For one, it's going to take a huge stress off your shoulders because you're like, oh, we need money, we need money, we need money. And if we're operating from that, oh my gosh, panic, we need money, we're not going to show up in the right way when we're writing grants. Just number one, okay? Number two is, yeah, you're just going to be like, oh, wow, who do we align with? Who do we want to invite to the table? Not who am I going to beg for money? Who do I want to invite to the table? for my nonprofit's table and have some dinner together, right? Like who would that be? So I really want you to start, it starts with mindset, right? A huge shift in how you're thinking and it's going to change everything for you. So when you sit down to start to do grant research and you're separating that from grant writing, remember, I want you to think about who do I want to build a relationship with for my nonprofit or the nonprofit I'm working with right now? Number two, here's a mistake you may be doing. Grant research mistake number two. You only reach out once a year and you have no other interaction, okay? So I get it, you know, you might say, but it's a federal grant, Holly, and there's gatekeepers and blah, 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 blah. They're still program officers on those FOAs, those funding opportunity announcements, and on the RFPs, requests for proposals, especially with federal grants. I actually think federal grants are easier to get through gatekeepers than foundation grants in a lot of, a lot of times, right? Because they have to publish the program officer, the email, and the number. So you get to talk to the direct person who wrote that FOA or who was sad or who really helped develop it, right? So you get like, wow, that's amazing. You don't have to wait to contact them. Even, you know, if you saw a FOA last year that really aligned with you, once again, you said, who do I want to partner with? You saw this federal grant and you said, I love the federal program that you're doing. I love them, how you've positioned this, this grant that you've developed, this really speaks to us. And even though it's not out yet, the new one's not out for the year, you can still contact that program officer and say, hey, when will this be released? Is it going to be somewhat the same or is it a total rehaul of the FOA this year? Um, if so, what kind of priorities are you guys thinking about? You know, you can do that, absolutely. I actually say do that, all right? So I don't want you to think about, I'm just gonna once a year, whenever I see that opportunity open, I'm just gonna submit it into the ether and it just whoop, goes out there and I usually don't hear back and I usually don't get funded, but at least we keep sending it. No, let's be more intuitive. Let's actually reach out and think about relationships again and reach out. Now foundations, like I said, 
can have a lot more gatekeepers. They can say, don't solicit us. They can do things like that. It can take a little bit more work, but that's why it goes back to number one, who do I wanna have a relationship with, right? If you just ask for money once a year, that's really not forming a relationship. So even think about what are other ways I can get in front of this foundation that's not about me asking for money, but it's about me building a relationship. Now here's the thing, a lot of people, when I've been in communities, especially here in Guam, where I have a lot of relationships and I've worked on those relationships, it's more about people wanna hire me because I know who to contact or network with. It's not necessarily about even the grant writers, they just connect me with somebody. Holly, right? So that's how you want to be as a grant writer. You want to really develop your skills as a grant researcher because it will help you then be a better grant writer and just be a better consultant or just, you know, help your nonprofit, all of that. Okay, so number three, the third reason you are not doing grant research correctly, you are not looking at funded grants. And what I mean by this is, yes, there are a lot of funded grants that have been published, or at least the abstracts. So a lot of the federal agencies, like Department of Education, Department of Commerce, all of that, they will, and this could change from time to time, so don't mark my word, but a lot of them do publish abstracts at the very least of grants that have been awarded in the past. So if you're applying for a specific grant program, they're going to publish that, all the different grant programs that they have published, the names of those grants, the name of the person that they've published, the nonprofit, how much it was for, if it's appropriate, how many people were served, where it was, and whatever the goals and objectives and stuff like that. And that is gold for you as you're doing your research because it's one thing for a funding source to say, we fund this. It's another thing to actually look at what grants were awarded and see what they're awarded for, what area they were. Maybe they say, oh yeah, we fund the Arkansas, but there have never been any grants awarded in Arkansas. It doesn't mean that there's not going to be, but it just means that they might not have as much priority in that area or no one has asked before, right? So these are things that you can look at. It also gives you an idea because a lot of times people are like, well, I want to be kind of, you know, have higher numbers of the people I want to serve, but I also want to be realistic. But what is that realistic number, all of that? You can look and see what they've actually funded and it really will uh, tell you a better story about what's more realistic for that organization. And if they are giving very low funding, that might not be a good fit for you. So it can also help you avoid submitting a grant where you might not get what you want, right? So this is really good to do, really awesome. And even I've seen some federal agencies that will publish the entire awarded grant that was written. That is gold for you, oh my gosh. So definitely check and see what has been funded, what are the grants that have been funded, do your research. Now another thing you can find out, this is number five that you may not be doing, is you can do this, and this falls more onto foundations, but you're probably not looking at 990s. Now if you are, congrats to you, kudos to you, because that is so important. And 990s are basically public information because these are from foundations, even nonprofits have to submit these, right? Um, so you know what they are if you're a nonprofit, but you have to submit, especially foundations, you know, where are the grants they are awarded, for how much, what organization, 
organization, all of the details. And by looking at that, it's so great, especially when you're applying to foundations, a new foundation that you don't know. This is great because a lot of foundations, their websites, like I said, they'll say one thing, but if you look at the 990s, it is going to tell you a different story. And that is something they have to publish at least once a year. You can find this on guidestar.org. You can find this at your local Rev and Tax if it's a local foundation. You can look at pay to play places like instrumental, grant research software, Foundant Technologies. Um, they have you know, like a lot of different uh, grant research platforms will also include 990s. So this is a good way to dive in, but it is information that you can definitely tap into. And I do say, look at this while you're doing your grant research. Point number six, all right? You are not reading the FOAs and the RFPs completely. <laughs> all right, so that's just how it is. So if you are not succeeding in winning grants and you're not doing your grant research properly, you're not reading through the funding opportunity announcements and requests for proposals, basically the grant instructions correctly, and then you're not responding to what they're asking for correctly. All right, so that is so important to do. So while you're, like I said, you're like, that's grant writing, Holly, isn't that the grant writing part? You're gonna get to that in the grant writing, but first you need to review those things before you even say, yes, we're going to write the grant. You first need to look at the FOR, the RFP, the grant instructions. You need to read through them. You need to say, are we eligible even, right? How much is this for? Does it need matching? Do we have all of the documents that are required? If this is asking for a board resolution, is my board on vacation right now, right? Are they hard to contact and we only have two weeks to submit this? Do we have enough time to submit this? Do we have our cage code through SAM yet if we're submitting a federal grant and it's due in three weeks? If we don't have it, we might not get it even when we start the process today. So you really need to go through all this, have a checklist and say, can we even get this done? And we definitely have that in our grant writing master course and in our freelance grant writing programs. So definitely you wanna think about, is this even doable? What are all the things that need to get done? Then you can decide through that research lens, is this something that I wanna do as a grant writer? Is it even doable? So a lot of times it might not be, but you decide to write the grant anyways. You spend all of this time in a hustle in two or three weeks writing this whole thing. And then lo and behold, one thing was left out that you just didn't catch because you were such in a rush, right? So it is important to do this research. And our final point number seven, why you might not be succeeding in your grant research and hence your grant writing success is you are not thinking of grant research as an art and a science and as a separate service than grant writing. Yes, we teased at this before, we did, but I want to place it differently because before we talked about our first point was you are thinking about it, um, you know, we need to think about it as a relationship building experience, right, grant research. But this point's a bit different, and what I'm saying is it's the skill level of what you're doing is what you need to think about. So think about grant research is its own art and science, and some people love doing it, but they like don't like writing grants. They don't write grants. They just do grant research because it's its own minutia of things that we're looking at. You heard all the different points today. Before you're even doing grant writing, you can really dive in here and go down some rabbit holes and spend a lot of time to find the best fit funding sources for the nonprofits you're working with and submit 
fewer grants, write fewer grants, but get awarded a higher success rate of awarding because of the research that you're doing. And what I mean by it's an art and science is, yeah, there's definitely science in this. You're looking at what kind of like scientific framework. You're looking at the 990s, you're looking at uh, funded grants, you're doing a lot of research, but there's also like this art part of it where you're kind of like bringing into, does this resonate with uh, with our nonprofit? Do our values align? You're really looking at it from a more value-based positioning and a longer term thing of, do we really want to partner with these people? So if they give us money, we have to deliver, you know, scope of service. We are having a relationship and maybe they just don't really like their values don't align with yours. Like there's definitely a very meaningful, rich relationship with this. So when we're doing our grant research, we really want to think about it. It is a very high level skill when you're doing it the way I'm outlining it today. And that will bring in a better opportunity to have higher funding, better relationships, so longer term funding, right? Because now you want to develop relationships with the right people. You're doing it in the right way. It's not just an exchange of currency, but it is a partnership to support a mission and to change the world. And that's pretty darn cool, right? So when we really come at it from that perspective, this is a very high level skill doing grant research. And it is not grant writing. Yes, grant writing is a very high level skill as well, but it is very different. So with that note, if you are a freelance grant writer, if you're a nonprofit consultant, and even the, from the positioning of an executive director, you really need to think about grant research as one thing and grant writing as another. Can a freelance grant writer do both? Absolutely. Do I say you need to have different line items in your contract for it? Yes, okay? So I really don't want you grouping together grant research under grant writing. Oh yes, we'll do some grant writing for you and we'll find some grants. And then you don't separate these as in your scope of work in your contract. That's gonna bite you, right? Because for one thing, you're not showing the high value of both of the services and that they are very different and that they have so much skill that you have to bring to the table and that you need to know how to do, right? So you're selling yourself short on your value and you're also like not differentiating how much time it needs to take to do good grant research, all right? So anyone can like, oh, just Google something and find a foundation and then submit off to it. Do you have a high chance of success to secure funding if you do it that way? Absolutely not. You're gonna waste so much time writing grants that aren't even a good fit that will never get funded. All right, so we don't wanna do that because at the end of the day, that's not gonna serve any nonprofit very well. So we want to really articulate the skill level that it's its own service. Can you have it under the same contract? Yes, you can, but I want you to have its own separate line item. However, you can even and just submit, I've done grant research alone, just as its own service. And a lot of people in the Freelance Academy and the mentorship have done the exact same thing. Grant research as its own thing, and they put a price on it, and that's what it is. They charge you know, a certain amount to do a grant research package where they're gonna find eight to 10 best fit funding opportunities for the nonprofit. And they're gonna do all of this work. And they get really highly skilled and very comfortable. If you do it again and again, you just get better and better at doing this, and it pays off high dividends to the nonprofits that they then may enter a contract, another contract to do the grant writing for some of those opportunities that they found. So and that can be under even a separate contract. 
So I do say do separate contracts or at least to the very bare minimum, keep it under a separate line item in your contracts and make sure you're doing that. That is just really going to help you. And, and, and even just now, just to throw this out here on the side, is I did mention like, you know, they're going to charge a fee to find eight to 10 really good fit funding opportunities. You might say, oh my gosh, only eight to 10? Like some people out there are saying, I'll find a hundred. If they're saying they're gonna find a hundred, are those hundred all gonna be really good fit funding opportunities? Especially if they turn it around in a week? No, they're not. So you get what you pay for, okay? <laughs> I'm just gonna say that you really wanna think about, it's not about having a hundred funding opportunities and sending out the same two page proposal to all of them. You're gonna get a lot of no's and those are gonna be in the double or triple digits of no's, right? <laughs> like I do a hundred of those could be a no. So definitely eight to 10 may not sound like a lot, or some people may even say six to eight, maybe it's 15, maybe it's up to 20, but you know, we're not talking about the hundreds here. When you go off that deep, time to take to research a hundred opportunities that are a good fit for your organization. Yeah, it can be done, but it can be done over time. Maybe over years, you're cultivating that many. But I say even eight to 10, that is a lot. If you're gonna get, you know, those funding opportunities for those funders in a whole year to apply for. That can actually be a really good fit for you. So don't let numbers scare you on grant research, like, oh, we're only finding 10. What if one of them's a million? What if one of them's 10,000? What if one of them's 300,000? One of them's 50,000, et cetera? Like it also has to do with like what capacity the nonprofits you're serving are at. That's just to say that. Okay, so these are all different things, seven different things that you may be doing wrong, but you're not gonna do those things wrong anymore, are you? Because now you've listened to this podcast and you are going to do grant research as its own service and it is an art and a skill and it is a relationship building experience. All right, so that's what I got for you today. If you wanna check out the show notes, go ahead and go to grantwritingandfunding.com forward slash 285. And once again, do join our nonprofit consulting conference coming up on August 23rd and 24th. We definitely talk about things like I'm talking about today, not just in the grant writing area or arena, but in general in the nonprofit consulting business. Are you doing strategic planning? Are you doing board training? Are you doing website development for nonprofits, right? If you're a nonprofit consultant, you're definitely gonna to wanna to come to this conference, which is uh, presented by Founded Technologies because we talk about the nitty gritty of like contracts, how you price, all these things that I'm talking about today and how to really up level your skills to the next level so you can really come on it or come at it from a very professional level and really show the value that you have as a grant researcher, as a grant writer, as a board trainer, all the things, right? So you can definitely check out our link today at grantwritingandfunding.com forward slash 285. And thank you again to GEMS for sponsoring our podcast today. Once again, if you love the podcast, please do leave a review on your podcast player. We love hearing the reviews, seeing the reviews, and reading the reviews. So love that. So please do leave reviews. That does help other people find the podcast. All right. I'll see you next week. Bye-bye.